Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy, Heel Mahoney, starting things off tonight with the hot tag. We got more people coming. They're all going to be coming tonight. The whole crew's going to be here. Right now, you got me and the giant crab, Jamal, starting things off tonight. How's it going, yep. Jamal? Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, it's another Thursday, surviving another Wednesday night showdown uh, between AEW and NXT. And it's just a, just, what a great time to be alive. I, I, there is so much going on. It, it is just a whirlwind of a uh, activity, and of course, much kind of more so even here in the DC area with everything that's happening with the Nationals and the World Series. So Ooh. this this week has been a a crazy week, a crazy week to say the least. But Two Chains is on the way, and uh, our man Damian down in Texas is on the way. They are in route, so we will be having more people joining us any moment now to join the conversation as a, like we said, there's just so much going on. But what, what jumped out at me is that this week marked four weeks of AEW dynamite, four weeks of shows of them getting off the ground. And so pretty much we're a month in, we're a month into this new world of Wednesday night wrestling with AEW and NXT, but the, the bigger thing to me was all along we've been wondering, what is AEW Weekly TV going to look like? What's it going to feel like? And now we have a tangible idea of that. So I was thinking this week a great idea of kind of to discuss would be the kind of the state of the union of AEW as far as what their television show is, what's working, what's not working, and then, of course, in general, also the entire Wednesday night picture, since it's very much a, an evolving creature at this moment. But the big thing to me is the first impressions of AEW are out there now. We know we have an idea of what we're looking at. So this week I thought was a really strong show. And I think we were just talking before we got on the air here. You had uh, some pretty strong feelings that this week they had a pretty good, strong home run of a show this Wednesday. Well, not a home run. Okay. Not a home run, but a triple off the top of the wall. I think okay. They, you know, and, and this, is, this isn't necessarily nitpicking, but I do think that this is, if, if out, of, out of 10, it's a solid 8.5 out of 10. Uh, yeah, great show. Something they've done things that I've liked. Some things I have questions about. Some things don't work. And there's some other. Just a lot of things are are coming into play, and the pictures become a lot more clear as we see AEW set the template for what's to come. And we're still uh, a few weeks away from their first pay per view, Full Gear, in beautiful downtown Baltimore. So. <laughs> There's still more pieces to move and more of the table that needs to be set. I don't think AEW is close to showing what their forehand is. Yeah, I can, I can totally agree with that. I think I think it's going to be a while before we really know what that is. I don't think we're going to know that by the first pay-per-view in Baltimore. Um, what's jumping out at me is, like you said, it, this week was a strong show. It was definitely a strong show. It was not without its issues. There's, there's still definitely in a 
period where you can tell they have a lot of ideas and not everything necessarily gets executed probably in the way they're envisioning. And I'm sure that happens on every darn wrestling show, but you could tell that there, there's definitely some, some bumps in the road that they're hitting here and there. Uh, but overall, overall this week with the heavy emphasis on tag team wrestling with the semifinals of the tag tourney, I really liked this week's show. It was a very strong show. I thought overall, I, I think your, your, your metaphor of, of a triple if we're going with the baseball terminology during the World Series, a, a triple sounds about right. That sounds about right to me. Yeah, uh, I think the the, the the biggest problems that I had with the show are minor in comparison to what personally plagues the main roster uh, of WWE. Um, with that said, I do think that it was kind of weird how they had two uh, tag team tournament matches back-to-back um, open to the show. I love the fact that they started with a cold open in the ring. Yes. Great. I mean, that's amazing. I've, I've, I've all, how many times have I said, like, I would love for Michael Cole to come on, on Monday Night Raw and say, we're live in Oklahoma City, and the following matchup is scheduled for one fall. And they just go with it. And, you know, it, it would be great. And, and this isn't even for, like, a title. This isn't for a, uh, any match. This is just the come-up as we're going through the tournament. Um, Brandy Rhodes, I don't understand what she's doing. Uh, she definitely <laughs> did like the evil monkey gimmick from Family Guy. I don't know what they do with her, but sure, I guess I'm interested enough to see where they go, which is the most I've ever been interested in Brandy Rhodes in a wrestling capacity. Um, Orange Cassidy continues to work somehow. Um, but then, and then there's still the people that we didn't see. Uh, we didn't see Nyla Rose. We didn't. We hell, we only had one, one women's match, and we didn't yeah, see the we, champion. Have Have we seen Nyla Rose since the first week here in DC? I don't think we have. Yes, except like uh, she was there last week dark. on the main. Um, show. I believe so. No, no, that was AEW Dark. Yeah, see, they're, yeah, they're, they're cycling. They're cycling people in and out, but yeah, she has not been on the main show since right. week one. Yeah, because yeah, because they they've been devoting all this darn energy to Britt Baker. In case you didn't know, she's a dentist. So there they are. They are drilling that into everybody's head every darn chance they get, which is, I, I mean, being they had the title match with her in Rio last week. That's, I'm kind of, I guess this week the whole idea is because they were in Pittsburgh. They felt they had to fin- they had to focus on her. But coming off the title loss last well, week, that's like, huh. I that, wouldn't mind that if they didn't, if they did it for Nyla Rose. She opened the show with the first women's match on TV in her hometown. And there was actually no mention of that. She wasn't from a place where they announced her um, when they announced her in the ring uh, at the first show here in D.C. So but Britt Britt Baker has the Steelers mascot come out and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that Nala Rose wouldn't have been a heel or whatever. But I think at this point with the women's roster so much in flux. We don't really know what we're getting with them. There isn't a single woman on the roster, including the champion, that makes me go, I need to see more of her. They need to get more time. Out of everything that I'm invested in in AEW, the women's, all of the women are too far down the list. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that needs to be addressed. And, And conversely, when I look at the women's roster on NXT, I know what the difference is. They have characters. 
uh, like uh, Rhea Whipley, Shanna Baszler, Bianca Belair, that makes me go. I see why you're you know, why you're catching fire. I see why you're a thing. Uh, I don't think I like think a lot of people don't believe in Rio as a champion because of her size, and again, that's unfortunate. I think a lot of people don't want to believe in Nala Rose because she's transgendered. Well, that's also unfortunate. But these are things, as we've seen, how dead a crowd can be and how active a crowd can be that can enhance uh, a B plus match to an A minus match. So I think. Unfortunately, we don't want the women's division to become a bathroom break, as it has been known to be in the past in other uh, companies. I just hope that they invest. They, they need a character. They need like a face, like an actual character that's not the champion. That makes you go, I'm invested in what she's doing. And I don't. And other than Jamie Hayter, who I do like from stardom, uh, B. Priest's tag partner in the tag team tournament that they have going on right now. Uh, I, and I definitely want to see more of her, but we just really haven't seen a lot from a lot of people. Like Sonny Kiss, we saw once on AEW Dark. We haven't seen Sean Spears since. Uh, you know, so like, it's it's kind of like, it's at the point where I love the fact that they give them 15 minutes, but I would settle for eight if we had more matches. Mm-hmm. This was one of the main issues I was having last night that was kind of really starting to stand out to me now that we've seen a few shows. There, There is so much emphasis, it seems, being put on giving guys match time and having every match be like an epic encounter with false finishes and like, you know, big drawn out matches, which is great. But I don't think every single match on AEW Dynamite needs to be that. You can switch it up and have a few shorter matches where the intent is not so much the match itself. It's getting the people in the ring over and introducing characters. And that's where I think they're falling short is you have the main eventers that you're Cody, you're Jericho, and you have like your top tag teams that they're spending like, you know, a lot of time focusing on like the Lucha Brothers and of course the Bucks and you got Kenny and you got Moxley. But once you get past maybe the top 10 or 12 people, there's a lot of people that we're seeing, but we're not finding out really who they are. Right. What's the deal? I think that's the kind of stuff where I want to see, you know, some more emphasis on some video packages or something to introduce these people. Because, of course, I was, you know, we're, we're hardcore fans. We know the indies. We go to indie shows. So we know who all these people are. But I'm thinking of the people who just started watching four weeks ago when it came on TNT. There's got to right. be a ton of people watching this show who have never seen AEW or any of these people before four weeks ago. So to them, who's Orange Cassidy? You know, right. who, who's Orange Cassidy? Who's Nyla Rose? Who's um? Let's see who are some of the smaller other characters. Who's Joey Janela to them? Right. Yeah, you know, these right. are the people that there needs to be some fleshing out done to their characters to, to just to introduce them to people to explain who they are, and that's that's an area I think NXT does a better job of as far as like just getting these people over and understand just, just so you know who they are. Like I said, the, the women's division is just, it's a stark difference between those two shows. The NXT right. women's division is stacked with clearly defined characters, and there's a ton of them. And then you flip over to AEW, and it's like you got maybe four or five women. And really only two or three of them have been focused on. And the rest are just kind of been cannon fodder. So that, well, that's hey, an area they really need to 
to work on. We're all, for me, where all the depth is on AEW is the tag division. The tag division has a ton of depth. That's, I think, right. the strongest thing they have going on. Outside of that, there's just they need to expand on, I think, putting effort into who everybody is and not be so hung up on the matches. It's like take some of the little bit. Some of those matches could be a little shorter and put some of that time into who people are, some vignettes or some interviews, promos, something to oh. get over the personalities. The problem is, and I want to agree with you, but the problem that I have with that is if they did that, then AEW is just SmackDown with more color. I'm not saying that they should change the matches and the way they present themselves. Uh, the people that are getting over are getting over because of these matches, because of the fact that Private Party, who went from uh, you know, indie darlings in the tri-state area of New York to, uh, you know, top tier contenders to any tag division in the country, dare I say in the world, uh, if private party are out there making a name for themselves every single night, and it's not because of the promo work, because they really haven't done any, it's because of the gimmick. It's because of the matches. The velvet rope on the entry ramp, not letting um, uh, Shima and the Strongheart uh, it, it's the rope with the security guy. That's mm-hmm. what's getting them over. And it's not necessarily promo work, which is fine by me. But I do think, you're, to your point, they do need to be introduced in a bigger way, in a more traditional way, with the vignettes. But I also think they need to do that on YouTube, on like a 30-minute pre-Dynamite um, uh, pregame show. I, 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 like, I like EW Dark. I like that it's just over an hour. It's great. But it's also more extra magic. I really wish that they would take AEW Dark, make it an hour and a half, and spend more time building characters and setting up for tomorrow night. They're not really doing that with Dark. They're just presenting extra matches and giving you a taste of what you already saw when you watch it on, on Wednesday. Yeah, it's more it, it's more wrestling on top of more wrestling, which they're, they're, they're like which we've been I've been saying in the past couple weeks. It's like either one of these shows, you're going to get good wrestling. There's no shortage of good wrestling right now. It's everything that surrounds that that's the difference maker. Right. I mean, I, 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 I think I agree. I just think that I think that if they need like one extra, you know, 30 minutes to kind of recap, to introduce you to people, to get them over, Wardlow is coming. So, so there's that. I mean, like, I need more than that. I need more than just, um, you know, 30 seconds. Um, or a split screen commercial break, uh, you know, and there's a couple things like that too. I love the fact that in the last night show, their first full commercial break without a split screen was at eight forty five Eastern, forty five minutes into the show. That's insane. But also, when they took their breaks were uh, during the time during downtimes, so they gave you most of the match. It wasn't just a um, just a hey, well. Uh, we're going to do a rest hole, and then that's it. But they also cut out Jericho when he was cutting the promo through the commercial. I, it's it's like you know, what are they? Uh, you know, what are they, why, why would they do that? Got to plan that better. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But these are minor things. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's anything glare. I don't think there's many glaring mistakes. But I don't know. Let, let's see what uh what the rest of the old uh, big old belt crew has to say because everyone has arrived now. We got the hot tag coming in now with two chains is here, and we also got Damian coming in all the way from Texas. I think we are almost at full strength here tonight. How's it going, gentlemen? Hello. How's everyone going? Damien, were you at tag team partner? There you go. Oh, back. I'm here, baby. Don't, don't, don't get it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hold that rope, and, and here comes the tag. How you doing? Oh, we are doing good, man. Hold on. Uh, did we lose him? Did I say, did we lose something? Everyone's <laughs> showing us up on the thing. Everything now, went quiet all of a sudden. Don't worry. No, I didn't get quiet. It was one of those things where uh, I had a uh, an apartment mishap just now. So my <laughs> All good. All, all good. good. All what good. I was saying was is that combining with the NBA kind of starting with wrestling on, you know, on Wednesday nights, it's an interesting dichotomy now that we were faced to not even just watch wrestling. But for me, especially since I'm an NBA enthusiast and I do an NBA podcast, it's now testing even more of my wrestling <laughs> patience to, to pick <laughs> and choose when to tune in and what to tune into, especially when it comes to AEW over the last four weeks. And I've I've said it here on my, my post-show run-ins. Uh-oh, did we lose them or am, I, or am I losing myself? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, okay. I, I just want to make this really clear that I'm on the show right now. Uh, Damien <laughs> uh, is, is, is from uh. New York. But he's living in Houston. Uh, uh, no, not Houston, but in Texas. But Dallas. we just want to make this clear. Yeah, no, we have, we it, have... It, doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. It is all about the Nats right now. I just want to make no, that no, really no, clear. No, 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 no. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't even like Houston. I don't even right, like the just make, I'm a Just Mets making fan. it sure. Just I'm making it sure. We're Mets fans suffering enough. So <laughs> let me let me just let the audience know. We had a tornado hit us on Sunday. A lot of property damage. A lot of network issues with internet so if you hear me going in and out it's because my apartment complex still has not recovered from the tornado on sunday so long story short four weeks in aew fair enough time for us to judge it kind of like what to expect might be a hot take might not be but i'm still getting some wcw nitro vibes that i can't shake off of it and it's bothering me Mm. <laughs> well, how so? WCW Nitro in what respect? Okay, remember how when the NWO first debuted and then all it was was how to center it around the NWO? Right. So with the inner circle and, and their whole hodgepodge against all the faces on AEW, they're recycling the NWO gimmick where you have this super heel faction group against every single face that the company almost has to offer. Also, also I want to make it very clear. If you're saying that MJF is about to be a face, I'm no longer interested. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I want the heel turn. I want okay. the inevitable just, just, uh, MJF. Yeah. It was me all along, Cody. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm getting. I'm getting a lot of recycled. And of course it's wrestling. Everything comes back in about 20, 30 year cycles. But for a company who swears they are anti-WWE, there's a lot of soap opera-y WWE that they're doing just to appeal to the mainstream audience. Even though their core group, some would say, are the, the indie-loving flips and you know all that jazz, PWG style. But I'm just getting a, I'm getting a different feel while watching it. It doesn't feel fresh to me anymore 
the thing I'm happiest about uh, for AEW is that they are trying to flesh out a women's division and a tag team division. I'll be really slow, and I'm tired of the Lucha Bros. I said this on a podcast last night. I'm getting sick and tired of Pentagon and Phoenix, not because they're bad talents, but because it's oversaturated. They are becoming mm. the, the bucks in terms mm. of enough is enough. Mm. All right, so first off, my first question is, what podcast was that? <laughs> Just playing. No, no, my question goes back to when we first started talking about AEW, and I'm glad the whole team is here tonight. And my, my biggest question, and it's going to be a question back to you guys, is that can AEW do television? We knew the talent was going to be there, um, and Jamal brings up a lot of the, the same points that I, I would also bring, too, is that We've seen these guys. We've, we've, we've been on the road. We've, we've taken buses. We've taken trains. We've done up and nights, planes in and out of towns to see certain, some of these talent. So we know what they can do in the ring. But that's not important because television is about building the character and, and, and creating an audience for this person. So if you give a sunny kiss, one dark match, who is literally one of the bestest, one of the best wrestlers out there, and has one of the best characters, and has an entire community behind him, and you're not giving him no time, it made me question your, your television coordinator, or whatever that title's called, do you understand about building characters, about giving people chances? Because, yeah, to your point, Damien, Rick and Pentagon, who's had, you know, Pentagon and Phoenix, who's had Lucha Underground and Impact and so forth, they've, they've, they've had numerous times to get television. But for these other guys who've been scouted out, who has the you know the world well-rounded talent, how are you building them for your fans? How are you utilizing this TV deal that you got? Yes, Jericho's been cut off. Hell, even the last the last segment was was poorly done in my eye. Can AEW do television? Four weeks in, is this if as this is being called a state of AEW podcast tonight? My answer is they have not successfully done it in four weeks. Not yet. Not saying it's, it's over for them, but for four weeks, they haven't done it because they have not utilized all the talent. They have, hell, even a TNT isn't giving them enough time. You still have YouTube. Hell, I got an alert today for uh, being the elite, uh, what is it called? Riding with, I don't, what is it like, eating with or ordering food room service? They got some other little segment that they do ordering room service with somebody. And today is with best friend. And instead of, you know, using your social media uh, YouTube channel that's outrageously big, use it to build profiles of people. You know, build, build vignettes for people that we don't know who we mm-hmm. are. Get fans invested in these characters that we, you know, that you guys know that are good because you scouted them, but why should we invest in them? And they haven't done that to me, really. And Brie Presley, I, I've, I've seen a few times, but why? for me, it's even like, why should I even think this person's a real contender? I have no idea what that character is about, to be honest. She has a character? I, <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've seen on uh, AEW so far. Exactly. As far as me... <laughs> Besides anybody who has dual employment with the, the company, which is obviously talent, but also has 
Uh, what, what should we say? Office stake or investments? Bake. Oh, we might add two chains break up there, and all all the technical issues we're having tonight with different people. But it's I, I, I heard that they cared about. So okay, that's what, can AEW do television? All right. Well, Two Chains is saying, can AEW after four weeks actually produce decent television? And I think, like like you said, the wrestling will take care of itself. But do they have the wherewithal to know how to produce a television show? And there's been sitcoms that have been canceled after one week. You know what I mean? So four weeks in. Do we know? I don't think we we don't. I don't think we know completely yet. They're 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 delivering wrestling, but they need to get. I mean, I'm looking at last night's show, and I've been saying this for uh for 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 weeks now. I guess since the tag tourney started, I guess since they showed up during the summer. But like, I'm looking at like the Dark Order, and I'm like, why am I supposed to care about the Dark Order? <laughs> why? And I know a lot of people have been saying that as th- them being one of the acts that's sticking out like a sore thumb in AEW that people are just like, what's the deal with this? Why are they here? You right. know? <laughs> but what's the point? Why are they here? What is their role? Why should I care? And they got, you know, national TV last night on AEW Dynamite, and people are still asking that question. So what what... You know, there's plenty, tons of acts like that that they need to flesh out. They need to like explain who they are. They need to you give reason to invest in them, and especially if you if you're only watching this show on TNT, then that you know there's all this other that you're just not seeing. Oh, okay. So I've been kind of silent, and I kind of want to hear whatever you want to say. And I think that you're all wrong. <laughs> no surprise okay. there, Jamal. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, just, just absolutely dead wrong. Um, I, it's not that they're doing every single thing perfectly. And even as I said before, uh, you guys may or may not have heard, like their show last night was an eight and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. A very good show without its nitpicks. Um, Kevin Nash had a very interesting tweet earlier this morning where he says, like, well, if Jericho's in the... Uh, um, luxury box with his ticket, how all of a sudden does he have a mic and he can cut in? I mean, like, they did the air horn thing to interrupt Cody's uh, deal, and now he has a microphone with an AEW flag on it? Why wouldn't Cody just cut, tell the truck to cut him off? I mean, like, like these continuity issues and stuff like that that they've done, that they've done to make sense. Um, the ending, where they ended with the uh, finish to, to TV time remaining. Well, if they had 15 minutes of TV time, why would you book 15 minutes? You're telling me that the Britt Baker match couldn't have gone two minutes shorter and that the you know, Joey Janela and Kenny Omega match that we've already seen before couldn't have gone three minutes shorter so that they had a full 20 and this is supposed to be your main event? I like the ending. I do like the ending. But honestly, if they ran out of time, they should have just run out of time. And the last thing we saw was the logo pop-up at the, the, the slug at the end going, that's literally all the time we have. This match is a draw. We'll see you next week. But they had another 20, 30, 40 seconds after that. So, like, those little nitpicks and, and continuity issues, especially if you're going to base most of your show on the wrestling, has to be spot on, and it ain't. Now, granted, it's a far cry from the pay-per-views earlier this year where they were just missing spots and they were just missing wrestlers and they were spelling things wrong and all this other stuff. 
And they were literally running out of time, and then Cody would cut a promo off the air that people would show up on Twitter later. So they still have a way to go, and they're still learning. And in four weeks, they're not going to become a masterclass of television production. But they are definitely incrementally better each week in what they're doing. Um, the way they started off with the cold open is, is, is very different. It's something that we haven't seen before uh, in the, for three other previous presentations on TNT. Um, you know, the way the pacing of the match goes, that was the fast two hours that I've ever experienced. Uh, the fact that they had their full first commercial break uh, without a split screen 45 minutes into the show. That's insane. So they're doing a lot of different things that I do like, but the, but the obvious things that they're not doing as well as they could do stick out as well. As far as building talent, well, this is why I said they need like an actual show. We need Alex Marvez to get his ass off the couch and put him behind a desk and have like a little, you know, just a show introducing things. It can't just be the Being an Elite channel. It can't just be like two or three words of AW Dark. And you can't assume that everybody follows you on Twitter. You need a dedicated place where everyone can come to see what the storylines are and how they will be built. Um, since you're not going to do it on TV. And that's fine by me. I actually prefer wrestling over, over storylines and character building. Because I'm here to watch a wrestling show. Not an office drama. Not a soap opera. Right. And I think that if they start to do that, again, as I said before, if they start to do that, then they'll just become SmackDown. One other thing, and I'll end it with this, as far as my main point goes, Cody also needs to start sounding like a bitter widow and get the WWEs out of, out of his mouth. It doesn't <laughs> matter what that other show is doing anymore. You're a month in. Right. We, don't, we know that there's a difference between AEW and NXT. And honestly, if they start cutting more promos, they'll just be NXT. Don't do that. Do what they're doing. And if they're dead serious about it, where Cody says, Jericho says, the Bucks says, we're just going to do our show. Cool. Do that. That's what's gotten them this far, this fast. What they don't need to do is fall back into the same tropes or use, uh, you know, unless it's spontaneous, like the Jericho remark about uh, we the people champion stupid. That was a great off-the-cuff moment, and I wouldn't want him to change that. But when you purposely bring up that other promotion or purposely bring out to smash the throne as an obvious shot uh, or something like that, that comes off as petty. So, and it gives people uh, more fodder to bring up the comparisons between WWE and, and AEW. I mean, NXT and AEW specifically. After four weeks, I think I can categorically say that it doesn't matter what the rating says. It doesn't matter which show is more popular or who has more trends in social media or whatever. AEW and NXT are not the same show. Do not watch them the same. It's not the same product. They are giving you something different. If you like that, cool. And if you don't, then there's a shit ton of other wrestling to watch. But I think the Wednesday Night War was more of a day-long skirmish. And it mm. seems to be more apparent as the weeks goes on, as both brands build towards their pay-per-views in November. Yeah, I can... I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, oh, okay. Right <laughs> over. Yeah, you put, the pin is in it. There you go. <laughs> now, I can I can agree with a lot of that. Um, one thing that I thought was weird last night was the decision to end AEW Dynamite with the draw. 
with the with the time remaining, TV time remaining, however they wanted to format it. That felt that felt like a weird way to finish the show to me. I'm all for them doing time limit draws and introducing that to wrestling again as like you know, an, another way out of a matchup or another way to advance things or another way to, you know, to, to, to build a storyline. I'm all for that, but I would have done that somewhere in the middle of the show, as opposed to closing the show with it, where it just feels like a flat finish on the whole night itself. Just the, the way the card was laid out, I'd put that somewhere else in the show and just be like, okay, this match is a 10 minute time limit. No, 10 minutes ran out. You know, or fifteen minute time limit, as opposed to just at the end, it's like, ah, well, not we're out of time. Sorry, bye. I don't know. Just that 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 finish felt weird to me. I like the ideas of draws, but not how they executed it last night. Personally, um, I actually like that finish, and and the reason why is because uh, I think that is a main event match. It definitely has implications with full gear. Um, we know that uh, Pac, we know that uh, Moxley and Kenny Omega has unfinished business. We know that uh, that Pac is definitely in the conversation as far as being left out and, and stuff like that in the uh, um, in the title picture and, and stuff. So that totally makes sense of as to why they're having the match and the fact that they're having a draw. Honestly, for to me, makes them look stronger. If they couldn't do what they needed to do in fourteen ish minutes with TV time remaining. How long will it take to put one of these bastards down? And because it ends ended so abruptly, you could argue that, well, why is Pac looking around when it's been two minutes just announced? Well, why is uh, Moxley not immediately going for a cover? And, and I think that this does have some implications because what if that was a championship match? Now, they've already goofed on being the elite about nobody wants a DQ finish in a championship match, but that would be a strategy to use where, no, I'll just run out the clock. Fine, no DQ. But I can sit here for 20 minutes and play keep away. I mean, it, it, it creates an actual element of strategy where, you know, the level that we're not talking about when it comes to wrestling itself as to how to build a match. We're always talking to building matches from, like, the connect the dots, point A to point B to point C type of a way, where, no, there's actually some element of sport into this, uh, whereas uh, Pac and, and Moxley definitely have unfinished business, and I think that leads to a better match down the road, definitely before full gear happens. Okay, so I'm going to jump in here really quick. Just something Jamal said that actually, and there's not a lot of times Jamal and I agree on stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I will gladly say I agree with Jamal in the fact that I liked the, the, the draw. The reason why, again, it's because it lets you, it, it whets your appetite. Because I, I think if you want to compare it to something, remember a few years back, CM Punk and John Cena went to a, a draw or a double pin, and it was ruled a draw. Uh, where wins and losses matter here, it's like the NFL. Win, loss, tie. Ties usually throw things off in terms of just seedings and, and records. And if records are going to be important in AEW, then I think adding this little wrinkle, I, it kind of on one hand creates craziness for a booking committee talking about, well, this person's got two draws now, so I got to watch how I book this person like it's the BCS. But at the same time, it lets you know as a fan, oh shit, there won't always be a winner. Maybe this will go like full 20 minutes and not have a decisive victor, which then goes into a pay-per-view as an end of a blood feud and gets you to buy full gear or whatever the pay-per-view is depending on that depending on that month. So for instance, 
if two wrestlers have been feuding and they do back-to-back draws, let's just put that out there. Okay. Does that not make you want to tune into the pay-per-view to see finally who's going to get the W, how they blow off the feud? It's a different take than 50-50 booking. It's neutral-neutral booking, and we've never really had that since probably yeah, you know the of Honor. It's double overtime in hockey in a hockey playoff game. Yes. There yeah. has to there ha- or, or a basketball player game because it's kind of the same thing. There has to be a winner. And I, I'd be damned as a fan of basketball or hockey, but you get to the first overtime and there is no decision and you go into a second one, well, you, you know you're staying up late. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if it's done right, it can absolutely work. I mean, you could totally do something like one week, it's a 10-minute time limit, it goes to a draw. Then next week they do 15, and then they could even do another week and do 20. If it's a really good, you know, there's enough mileage in it and a good enough match in it, and then you go to paper you and say, okay, there's no time limit. There must be a winner, <laughs> something yes. like that. I mean, there's, t- there's tons of ways... You can do that, and it, you know, of course, it's going to be dependent on you. Got to have the right people with that are talented enough to do a match that can be brought back multiple times that'll hold people's interest and hook them. Now, something I thought of that we were, we were just talking here, we brought up, you know, the whole wins and losses are going to matter thing that they've been hammering since this whole thing took off the ground last year, and now you know we're four weeks in. How are we feeling on the wins and losses are going to matter thing? They have the graphics up there, but are, are they delivering on this whole promise of wins and losses are going to matter now that we're about a month in? I'm not quite sure if they are or not really yet. Yeah, they are. And, and, and this is why I say so. Uh, Bucks and Best Friends had a match. Well, that's mm-hmm. basically, as Jim Ross stated uh, in commentary, that's basically the loser's bracket of the tag team tournament. Both of them had early uh, round losses. Uh, so that's going to get them back on the board on, on the, in the upswing and hopefully build momentum towards a tag team title match uh, tournament, uh, not tournament, but a title match down the road. Um, obviously, we're seeing as the tournament still unfolds who is winning, but just because you lose once doesn't like bury you. Um, same thing with uh, the women's division and what they're doing on social media as well. They're not just saying what's next for this person after this loss. It's like, well, how can they recover? Because it's they're building this on Twitter at least as one loss in a long season, and it is kind of mm-hmm. like as you watch every other sports team, uh, you know how will the Mavs recover after this loss by one point or three points or whatever? What do they need to do to turn it around? And that's, these are the questions that they're asking on Twitter, which I think is you know a pretty good way to say that we still believe in this person. It's not necessarily a no. Let's just turn him into Mike Canellas. Uh, and because, and then also, their storylines are based on what happened previously. It's not just with this person's blood feud, this person's blood feud, or whatever. It's like, no, I need to beat you because I need to win. Kenny Omega, I'm Owen. I'm only two and two. Damn it! And I'm Kenny Omega. I need to win this match. So he faces Joey Janela, who has something to prove, and he hasn't been seen on TV a lot. So. Yeah, these things are uh, definitely based on previous uh, implications, building matches towards the future. And and it's quite refreshing in that regard. Uh, I think, too, just to your point a second ago, is that um, I like the mysterious unknown of not being able to even put any thought into how a certain match is going to be booked. I mean, 
nowadays we know that if a champion face is facing the hill that they're building, we already we already kind of get the conception that well they're not going to let that actually go to a finish because they want to make sure both people look strong. So we know somebody's going to come out, and we also know that somebody you know come out interfere whatever it may be, or you know obviously weapons may be involved. And that's why the main um, event is the main event. It, yeah, exactly. So both people strong. Right, so when you when you bring in another factor here, such as the time limit being a factor, Doctor Time, undefeated time, um, I like it. I like it, and also too, just to add, we're talking about um, matches that went to uh, that went to the time limit. One of my favorites too. I'm just going to throw this out here right now is the Jay Lethal and Roger Strong match from uh, what was it? Not Best in the World. What's called World Worlds or ROH? So World of the Worlds. Yeah, uh, like so, it, it's you get good quality wrestling in it. And you also get the idea that another ma- a ma- another match may potentially come out of it. So I'm all for it, absolutely. And um, yeah, it, it was different. And I'm sure the wrestling marks are probably hate. Oh hell, what being probably hating it. We've seen on Twitter they all they all hated it. Um, but it's cool. It's definitely cool with me. Um, and if AEW does want to make sure they identify themselves as different from WWE NXT wherever it may be. Uh, this is a good. This is a good step. I'm just gonna also throw this out there right now too. Uh, when you're talking about doing things different um, and, and and clearly making yourself from WWE, it's easy. There's so many different the, the the talent, the range of talent, is across the board. You get people from any size, any background, um, ethnicity, uh, training background or primary primary sport before they actually became a wrestler, whatever it may be. There's so much uh, to do different. Um, it's easy. Just just literally look at what WWE do, just doing and say, we're going to do it different. I think Impact, uh, obviously making a staple of um, intergender wrestling, being a staple of what they are, the, the focus of what they present, something that AEW could be looking at. Like, hey, we legit got people who've been on the indies, who's been doing intergender wrestling their entire career, why not take that step forward and do the same thing? And, like, if you really want to put a step on the fact that we're different from WWE, then do it. But don't do segments like they're in this segment uh, this week, which is very reminiscent of WWE and WCW, and and expect... And, this, and, and say that their whole focal point is changed. So, you know, I, I do like the no time limit, but I think that, if, and I do like the the win and loss thing. I think they are staying focal to it, to the other point made. Uh, but I do want to see more of them really, really making it clear cut that they're different from WWE. But again, to my point that I made some time ago, they still got work to do on the television production side. I have one question about the television production side, and yeah. and since we're all watching it from different places and different methods, mm-hmm. uh, are you, any of you having an issue when watching AEW on TNT live, where the commentators over the crowd and a lot of the theme music uh, when they enter the ring can't really be heard very well? Yeah, yes, absolutely. The audio okay, is a mess. So that so the audio mix is is trash. Yeah, and I thought that was just me. Yeah. I know it's a hype crowd, and that's great, and I really want to hear that, but it seems like they're using one boom microphone to cover <laughs> all three commentators or whatever the hell is in the ring. Yeah. 
and, and, then the, and then the damn entrance music is like cranked up really high too so it's like and it's happened multiple times now so it's not like it's been a one week thing where it's like oh the, the the settings were off you know for the start of the show for the first couple segments it's like that's been an ongoing issue i've, I've definitely noticed that watching it and, and jamal let me let me put some respect on your name real quick anybody that don't know jamal is has sees more movies than all of us on this show combined so when you talk about the production of of media, this guy gets it on every end. So for him to look at a point of talking about commentary and the mixing being an issue, that's a huge issue. Right. Like some people may just say like it's normal or overlook it, but that's a huge issue, a huge issue that shouldn't even be an issue. But in time, we hope that they that they get these things. Uh, better. I remember uh, a while ago. I forgot what their pay per view was before their last pay per view. Um, all all out. I Fight thought about, for the fall. Which which one was which Fight one had the, the ladder fall, match? Yeah, Fight for, the fall. All Fight out. for the fall. All out had the ladder match. Okay, that, so so all out. I thought like if anybody didn't notice, but maybe you can go back and notice the ladder didn't face the hard cam. That's an important thing that <laughs> that easily. You probably look like, hey, this doesn't look right. You probably get over it, but it is also a really big thing because you want to make sure the effect if like, if you really want to see who's on one side of the ladder and who's on the other side of the ladder, you might want to have that ladder, especially if that's considered a spot. You might want to make sure that ladder is facing in front of the camera so you can do so. And well, let, well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you a quick question, Two Champs. Yep. Uh, when you say the ladder isn't facing the hard cam, are you saying that the the steps of the ladder should be facing the hard cam or the side of the ladder? The side, the the what do you call it? The anchor or the the, the clutch? I, think, I, don't, I don't know what it's called, but the okay. middle part. You, you want you to the, si the side facing so that the two sides are like you can see the people climbing up on each side of it, like east west. God, yeah, okay. I shouldn't be looking at the person black back and like, oh, who's on the exactly. other side then? And obviously, yeah. they had a bunch of issues with like entrance, the entrance in the battle royals and stuff. Where oh, those have been horrible. <laughs> And, and, and again, I, I, I'm not saying any of this to bash. I'm just saying, like, you know, from my experience of watching wrestling, uh, my experience of watching other media, along with, you know, you guys' intelligence that I inherited, um, I noticed I noticed things. I'm just like, that's not right. <laughs> and, I, and I refuse to overlook that because it's not right. You got well, they throw out Tony Khan names so much <laughs> being this billionaire that if you're going to throw out a billionaire and not Dixie Carter and the people fun of you, then you need to be acting like a billionaire. Hell, when they go to when WWE go to Saudi Arabia, is it not WWE? I mean, excuse me, if it is it not uh WrestleMania ish? Yeah, because the rule okay, that's, that's not fair. Because that's a totally different thing. Um, I mean, because like Tony Khan really hasn't been a focal point of AEW outside of the post-match uh you know scrum interviews that they've been doing that you gotta go like go find. So Tony Khan isn't the character, and I'm not going to, and neither are the Jaguars, and that's that. That's just those are mutually exclusive. I, I'm just saying, um, and, and the idea of them saying like this guy's a millionaire, a billionaire, excuse me, and he has all this funding, then elementary mistakes shouldn't be happening. But that's he's a fan, though. But he's a yeah. fan that invested in wrestling. He's he wasn't born into this business. He doesn't know the nuances just yet. So I'm willing to give Tony Khan a pass, like like an NBA owner who isn't involved. If they're just putting money right. in and letting all their wrestling people take care of it, Tony Khan has no responsibility unless he's going to be 
this celebrity figurehead owner that they're going to put out in front of the camera. To Jamal's point, I haven't seen him for a lot, only for a couple of uh, press conferences, the Kylie Ray thing, and that's about it. But and those not, have been happening after pay-per-views, and that was it. Right, and he's not a, a wrestler's... He doesn't have a wrestler's mindset. He is a fan that wanted to invest money into a product because he thought it would make him money and that they convinced him that this could be a viable option to WWE. Right. Well, that's my, why my, he's my point, my point is that his name is attached, which means that his bank account is invested. No, that's not fair. That, that's I, not fair. I, but he I, doesn't I, have I, say, mm, I, 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 I understand. I get what you guys are saying, but it's different from saying like, hey, you got a billionaire attached to this outside of like, you got a Kickstarter. You know what I mean? It's like right, it's, it's, that's not his personality, though. The, I mean, you're trying to compare Vince McMahon to Warren Buffett. I mean, they're both no, well, I'm Warren just, Buffett's bigger billionaire, but the idea is they're not the same personality. Right? Yeah, I, I get, I get that because he's not being he, his hands are not on it, but his money is right. So what I'm saying is like, shouldn't a lot of these little mishaps not be a mishap because there's proper. Well, Funding involved. Only I mean, four shows in, and they gotta make money first before they can spend it. That's fair. why they're not running uh, larger arenas. That's why they're mm -hmm. uh, doing college stadiums and, and stuff like that. They're I, definitely having putting together a measured response. I, I tell you this: if I had this hot conversation at a bar, and is it is in as compassionate I am about this part of this argument, I, I could be talked down from it. But my point is, when you're feeding me Tony Khan. Of the Khan family, billionaire, and so I got this whole big <laughs> idea of like, oh, this is larger than life. Then I'm expecting that, and I shouldn't hear somebody saying like, "Damn, commentary sound like it's from a boom." But who's pushing him out though? Who's making Yo, it seem like every, he's like the every, end all be all? Everything, everything attached to TNT with the deal of them getting AW. Every bottom line, every press release has Tony Khan name on it. So I'm, I'm seeing it. He's the owner of the company. But I'm saying, but I'm saying what Tony Khan name is like, it's not like Tony Khan, period. It's like Tony Khan, billionaire, blah, 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 blah. Well, because that's generating a headline. That has okay. I mean, it's if, not if, a, if we're gonna lay this it's, it's generating a narrative for me, is what I'm yes. saying. That's, you're that's absolutely what I'm right. Saying. It's generating a narrative. You're absolutely right. What my biggest complaint wouldn't even be on Tony Khan. Whoever he hired. With TNT as the production crew, look, as much as much crap as we get Kevin Dunn, there aren't a lot of major issues in terms of production for WWE. WCW Nitro, when they first started out, I'm just going back to when they began, I didn't notice a lot, because we're all old enough to know this. We're not, I didn't notice a lot of production issues at first. Yeah, they did college campuses, they did these these beach, you know, yeah, beach clubs. Right, the of America. Yeah. So, uh, again, to Jamal's point, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt after four weeks to say, well, the production isn't great, but they need to tighten this up. Do I okay. put that on the feet of Tony Khan? Potentially only because if he's involved in the hiring process of the producers. If that's TNT, right. then that's TNT's bad. Right. Well, they hired, they hired away the team that was working at Impact. And the team that was an impact is, is all XWCW people. So there's kind of a track record of, <laughs> of bumpy production there. Where it's not like they brought in new people. And it's not like TNT is just, you know, using whoever. It's like they're, they're using X, you know, 
wrestling people that have been in wrestling forever. But by that same token, it's like, okay, you're hiring away Impact production folks. You're hiring XWCW production folks. It's like, okay, it's 2019. What about some uh, some new blood doing this of some sort? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, when I heard TNT was picking up production, I immediately started thinking, you know, oh, maybe they're going to have like some like their NBA team doing it or something. Or mm-hmm. they got to have a, you know, a sports department producing all these NBA games. But apparently that wasn't the plan. It was just kind of like, okay, well, uh, Hire who you want, uh, or we'll uh, foot the bill. So that that's yeah, something that's to be changed, though. Turner Sports is definitely a thing, but I think also to add some perspective to it, uh, the home market for how we consume television is not the same as it was in 1994. TVs are better, yeah. audio systems are better, yeah. everything about the home system is this, better. The experience is more enhanced now. Uh, it's more intuitive. It's more interactive. So that. <laughs> to that point, I think that's why we're able to say, well, is that my surround sound or is that my stream or is that whatever? Because <laughs> yep. these are the things that we have at home now. Whereas in 1994, we were, we were all allegedly stealing cable and trying to get one clock <laughs> to work, you know. That's what we were back in the dark ages where we had to like switch from A side to B side manually. <laughs> this is these are the problems that we had. But now we're like, well, my receiver doesn't say DC uh, Adobe Cinema anymore. What the hell is yeah. TNT doing? I'm not getting five point one losses audio. <laughs> I want my money back. And and, and these are the problems that we have with commentary. But also they need to know these things because that's how we're experiencing them. Um, and I don't have that problem when I watch other sports. Whether it's football or rugby or you know basketball or hockey or whatever, I don't have that problem. So AEW definitely needs to tighten up their production, which is a thing that we've been saying from the beginning. But none of these things are that much of a deterrent from uh, the product. Uh, what we, the pro- and the product is wrestling. It is yeah. wrestling first, and I yeah. think that that's the most apparent thing of four weeks of AEW on TV. Also, too, I know this is towards the end of the show. I just want to make it very, very clear, uh, being being the head of the podcast here, that this is not a bashing platform. Really. No. None of us are looking for hot takes or being yeah. those smarky narcs or whatever you want to call it and so <laughs> forth. We, we all present different backgrounds and different levels of intelligence and knowledge into a healthy debate here. Right. Uh, we all agree. I speak for my team firmly that we want to see this succeed. We want to see everybody just, succeed. Just for me. <laughs> J- Jamal, <laughs> I don't Jamal's his own Jamal. team at some yeah, Jamal. <laughs> but that, that nonetheless, uh, uh, for four weeks in, we 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 we're, we're, we're discussing things that can improve, things we like, things are just not doing it for us. But overall, we want to see the future of this and the longevity of this for a very very long time. Because at this point now. There's a lot of wrestling for anybody, whatever you like, whatever you identify with, whatever it may be. Um, AEW being for what it is and the talent that's involved with that roster, we all want to see it go. So that, that's all. I just want to make that very, very clear. I never want to make sure we're in the loophole of saying that we spent the hour bashing because that's not true. That's not true. Well, and, technically, we spent 42 minutes bashing. But yeah, right. that's what <laughs> Uh, but to, to to my point, also too, I, I Damien, I, I don't know what time I jumped in, so I, I'm not sure. I just assumed the hour. But 
um, to my to my to my point as well too. Um, I just literally for the little mishaps that are happening, I hope that there's an evaluation team or an, an analysis or assessment team to a point that they sit down and say, how do we do this better? Now, when you talk about the producers and so forth that's involved with this, um, I would think that the Bucks, who have been tremendous in utilizing YouTube and other platforms, also, as much as they have seek talent from all over the world, also saying like, hey, we know what our niche is. We know how successful our YouTube is. Hell, if no one has access to the YouTube, they can check their analytics. So they can see demographic countries and all that other, all that other stuff. That If they know that YouTube is so successful, they know what their fan base is. And I think that, you know, even if somebody doesn't have the whole, you know, very long resume of an extensive career working in wrestling, that if somebody that knows how to work social media for this generation that's to be somebody that's in the office and the reason why i bring that up is because at this point now we shouldn't be saying aw looks like wcw because wcw is what what 25 years ago i'm not sure I'm, i made that number well, i mean it's two, 18 years ago since yeah. it ended yeah you know, it's old enough that. to vote <laughs> <laughs> if you had a kid when wcw went under it's old enough to vote now so yeah it, i mean that that I mean that's just it. When when you see the when when the, when the teens and the you know the the eighteen and under crowd that that AEW is definitely trying to market towards, these are the folks that they never even saw WCW when it was in business. And, and right. I, I, I think I made that joke. I think I made that joke like the very first week after the first episode of AEW Dynamite, and I immediately started seeing all these comparisons to uh. People saying, oh, this is the new version of WCW. And I'm like, I, I love how you're saying that. You weren't even around when WCW was a thing. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> oh, John Cena so is Paul Hogan, so. So trash. So, so yeah, that's okay, we, we've spent like half the show, more, more than half the show on AEW. Can we transition really quick to their competitor or, or the, the other network really fast to talk about yeah. NXT briefly? Sure. Yeah, because heck, one of the themes we've been talking about tonight is yeah, I mean, you were saying that, you know, AEW is wrestling first, and I don't think that's any different than what NXT is doing. They're mm-hmm. putting a wrestling first show out also. So both of I these shows are centered on wrestling. I think no, I think the NXT is a WWE program, and they are they are the best version of what WWE does. It's not necessarily wrestling first, as their characters are based on a lot of character development. Uh, promo packages uh, and the presentation of that WWE style of presentation, and I think that that is not radically different, but a definite noticeable difference from uh, what what AEW does. Uh, whether it's a new person like like Rhea Ripley, or you know coming to the stage, or a Velveteen Dream, there's no Velveteen Dream by character in in uh, AEW, but those characters are once a generation in WWE. That's what they do. So. It's not that it's not wrestling first, as AEW is specifically wrestling first. It's just that NXT is the best version of Raw and SmackDown that they'll ever produce. <laughs> so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, to, the, to the point that I've been on the show tonight, I haven't heard much talk about NXT, as this is an AEW state of the four weeks address tonight. Um, well, NXT I, was fantastic. Oh, man, that last, that, that last episode was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing um but you know again it's not really comparing the two even though there is a fairly competition between the two 
Uh, I, AEW just got things they need to work on. And we get it. Coming from scraps, touring, you know, all these other challenges that some people may tend to overlook. Um, they just, uh, they just they, it's going to take some time before people automatically hand them the throne as being the number two brand. Um, or, or as the marks are saying, WWE fears AEW. Um, don't know how that comes about, but, you know, whatever. So, so and, wait, that's, wait, let me ask you a question now that you brought that up. Are they officially the number two brand or are we still no. holding out for, for, no. for Impact? No, I, again, um, I, 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 sin- I sincerely believe this, that Impact is still the number two brand uh, because I think Impact, uh, I, what, it, what it is for me with Impact is that Impact gives some indie talent that we've seen all over the world a platform to be showcased. They have survived over the years. They allow these these talent to still work indie dates, give them a platform, give them a check, and continue for them to build their character. No one goes to Impact and loses who they are. Impact is an opportunity for people to flourish, to reevaluate themselves, to be around well-known talent, to travel but still do their own thing. So they make money on the side from working indie dates and merch and so forth, but come to Impact to get a name. Television. Um, they made the right move to access. I mean, they're lining themselves. They're, they're two. And no matter what, no matter what nobody say, over these years, the ups and downs, they're still here. Still here, it means that you're still relevant to me. Um, because Lucha Underground, I mean, you can talk about them. They, they had great production. Um, they were on L Ray, so that should have probably helped their demographic. Hell, they had Netflix for a season or two, which is a huge deal. And they're nowhere to be found. So still here is a really important thing to note here. But I mean, when you look at people that's been through impact, that's elevated and got bigger. I mean, Sashi Blackheart is one of the biggest examples. But and from the male side, um oh why is Sammy Callahan? <laughs> Who career blasted off after his impact uh, uh, segment a couple a while ago? So it works. It, mm-hmm. It's creating stars. They're still relevant, and I, I, you know, I mean, I don't work for Impact, so I don't know what type of money they're generating. But at the end of the day, they're still putting eyes uh, and giving opportunities for people that we may know about. I, I, for instance, I don't know if anybody's seen Blind for Glory, but Willie Mack. Love I him. think he might might be the best kept secret that no one knew about. But you should know about. But if you had done your homework or been out on the indies a little bit, you would know about. You know what I mean? So, but people will know about now because they're gonna say like, "Oh, Keith Lee isn't the only dude who's that big that can do all types of lucha uh, that can work a luchador style of wrestling." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Willie Max out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and and their production is good and so forth. So, I, for me, uh, excuse me. Um, Impact is too for the longevity and their brand and, and for what they do for the talent out there. And intergender wrestling. Intergender wrestling. 100%. I can't argue that Impact hasn't made great strides. Hootie. Hootie. The bird. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What if Master P had bought Impact? Oh, oh, that's another show, man. That's another show. <laughs> in the theme song, Bikini. Who do That's a call. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, you can't write. You can't write any day better than that. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Jamal. <laughs> I, I don't think that Impact is uh, is number two. Um, I still got to give it to NXT, AEW, Impact, in that order. But as far as what I'm willing to watch, and there are obviously a bunch of different metrics as to say who the best is, uh, well, SmackDown is the number one show because of reasons. No, New Japan is the number one promotion because of uh, their inroads into America. And once that takes off, they're going to kill everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what about Raw? Raw is actually going to put together a show. Uh, uh, they're putting together a roster of Paul Heyman's shoes, and that's actually not bad on paper. And some storylines, once they flesh them out, I, I'm like, Raw this year may be trash, but I think they're building towards something mm-hmm. uh, with who they have. Mm-hmm. So don't sleep everybody's paying attention to SmackDown, Raw may surprise people in six months. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things like that going on. And I think we're just a lot of people are so hung up on AEW because they're the new shiny toy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fine. But all, AEW has also impressed in a lot of ways. That's great. That's great as well. Impact, I think the biggest thing for them is just continuing to do what they've been doing and sustaining. Um, mm-hmm. They've taken some some inroads. They've stepped their their production. They seem to finally have it back the the train back on the track in a way where I can say that okay, even if you don't can't find access AXS TV on your cable now, Switch is free. So watch mm-hmm. Impact on Tuesdays. I mean, like little things like that to kind of get them doesn't cost a lot of money. Doesn't cost a lot of production uh, cost and value and major satellite deals and. $2 billion a box or anything like that. No, it's just like, listen, you got a decent internet connection. There's no, we will find you because we're impact. So, you know, I think that there is, there is a thing, something to be said about that, where impact makes me want to watch them. But I'm not subscribing to cable to watch impact. I have been trusting different streaming services to find AEW, though. And while I'm doing that, I'm also picking NXT. And while I'm doing that, if I'm not doing something else, then maybe I'll watch Impact. Hey. Under no circumstances am I trying to see what Ring of Honor is doing. <laughs> Jamal, but to your point, too, like, I understand that. But then also Impact is still on Twitch. That's, yeah, exactly. So you don't have to have cable. And, that, again, that's why, I, like, I think in companies who are desperate, who says we want to make sure we're still a staple, I think they have defined the epitome of what it means to say, like, we are going to stay afloat no matter what. And, meanwhile, ROH is like, Actually, I don't even know what they're like because right now I still can't put any bit of like rationality behind them. And while NWA is uh, killing it, they're a great show from NWA I, on YouTube. I, uh, some, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe next week we do the state of the state of the uh, uh, the state NWA of NWA um, power. Maybe that or ROH. <laughs> <laughs> well, we if it's ROH, we definitely yeah. need to shine a spotlight on NWA Power I, next I week. So. It'd be week to do that because so. that'll be four weeks of NWA Power next week. And as we've been talking about tonight, which is like people doing different things and trying to make their show different, there is no different show out there right now than NWA Power, and that's their best asset. I think that show is completely unique from everything else going on, and I love that about it. So props to NWA Power for doing something completely different. To rewind to what we were just saying about Impact, I think Jamal totally nailed it on the head. The the biggest thing Impact needs to do, which has kind of been an ongoing thing with them just for years now, it's 
they would always start to get a little bit of momentum going. You start to hear some decent things and like clockwork every couple months, there'd be something that'd be like, you know, they take two step forwards and take four steps back and they gotta just get on a, you know, a path going forward and have some sustained, just some, a clear path for a while. They don't even have to do anything big. I don't think just have a good six month year run. where just, you're not like, having some scandal break out or you're tripping over your own feet or something, just some stability. Stability is what they need. And now that they got access and they don't have to worry about the TV situation for the first time in years, this is their opportunity to do that. Show me some stability for like six, nine months. And that'll go a long, long way to helping them. That's the, that's the number one thing I need out of impact to invest in them. Absolutely. What what else we have? Is there anything yeah. else we got we want to touch on tonight? <laughs> okay, so there's two things that I, I do want to touch on. Uh, three things, really quickly. Uh, Jake Hager apparently has a fight this weekend. Um, yeah, no, uh, Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut, and the inner circle is going to uh, back him up. Um, Sammy Guevara, Santana Ortiz will be there in his corner while Jake Hager continues his un, uh, undefeated streak. In Bellator, uh, as he you know has a match this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. Like that cross promotion. Uh, the fight's going to be on ESPN, I think. Guys, so, uh, I, I said I said it week one. I said if anybody's happy and surprised about <laughs> about him showing up at AW, it was Bellator. <laughs> and Bellator <laughs> no said every, everybody come to our show, please. That might even let him get a custom entrance and all that. So. This is only the icing on the cake right here. Bellator is relevant. <laughs> yeah, but, but good on AEW because they're not having to open in the wallet, per se, oh, to bring you all these... Yeah, they're not, they're not like flying and flow rider to do their show. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need what to do that. Hey, guys, guys, I just want y'all to remember. I want y'all to remember. Oh, oh I was hoping somebody's going to bring that. I just want y'all to remember that our truth opened up for uh, uh, Hagler... His first or second match, I remember what it is. So, like, they're completely open for whatever puts Isles in their promotion. So, this is an easy win for AEW, but Bellator yeah. right now is super happy. Yeah. For the put I mean, they're, they're spending their money wisely in AEW, and I think that's apparent. Uh, second thing, uh, do you have XFL fever yet? Uh-oh. Yeah. Season tickets. <laughs> Right, hundred so bucks for hundred dollars. Let's get Are you it. Serious? At the hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. And, oh, so and now we know the very package for hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. And now yeah. the very first game will take place here in DC at Audi Field. Yeah, we will. <laughs> I will be there, and I I think I will make sure that we're all there. I definitely want to go. Um, I'm very excited for that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I need a reason to go to Audi Field because. Soccer. Thank you. Um, Thank you. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm how much money I'm going to spend on merch or anything like that, but it will be interesting to take a trip down to the Navy Yard starting in February of J- next J- year. Jamal, to be clear, you're going to spend more money on merch than your tickets because the merch is great. <laughs> the, 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 the logo and everything is amazing, and I doubt it's going to be. It could be regular prices, whatever it may be. But the, the way these tickets are set up right now, <laughs> you're you definitely going to spend more on merch in February. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. 
So, yeah, so that's the thing. Tickets, uh, season ticket plans are available now uh, at XFO.com. Click on your team name and you're in your city near you. Uh, only eight teams and one uh, travel team that just like plays on the road. Uh, but tickets go from uh, 20 bucks per seat to 100 bucks per seat. And Audi Field is, is one of the newer stadiums, but they're also playing at like MetLife um, and a couple other of the other bigger football stadiums, uh, Raymond James Stadium down in Tampa. And um, uh, the ballpark in Arlington somehow, uh, so that'd be interesting. Actually, it'd be pretty cool to see uh, the football team in a baseball stadium. Don't know how they're going to do that, but I thought they would turn that down. But either way, XFL fever, catch it. The last thing <laughs> um, I want to say is uh, Randy Rhodes. Um, she had her thing, and she just went off on uh, Jamie Hader on AEW last night. Now. The only thing that she tweets out, and she's completely changed her profile picture and her banner on Twitter to just all red, and it just says, don't touch me. I'm very interested to see what this is. There's no other explanation to it. Everybody's literally going, what the hell? And then at one moment, and it only took one moment, people are talking about Brandy Road in, by her, for her in a way other than she just being out there as Cody's wife and valet. So, uh, good. Good on all the oh, oh okay. Good on good on all of that on all fronts. One last thing. Have you bought WWE 2K20 yet? Stop, bro. <laughs> Somebody cut the show off right now. I, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> you run run the other way from the store if you have plans on doing that. <laughs> if you haven't bought it yet, you might want to hold off. If you have bought it and you have a PlayStation, get that email refund, Sony, baby. Email Sony. They can give you, they may give you a refund depending on your situation. There have been people that are posting chat screenshots to the Twitter machine where they are emailing Sony on the PlayStation Network saying, yo, my game is buggy as hell. (laughs) Well, no. So here's a refund or credit or whatever. Uh, Past results does not equal future gains, but it doesn't hurt to try. and And it is happening so you might want to get on that now before Sony says, well, buyer beware. Deal yeah. with it. And I, I want to add my 10 cents to that really, really quick. Um, being an avid gamer myself, Red Dead Redemption 2 was very buggy itself. Very good game. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of displeasure on that. Uh, Fallout 76, super trash uh, with, with the promises that they made and how the game didn't deliver. I'm letting you guys know, for those two games who I thought was very, very worse than what I'm seeing with 2K, the fact that they're giving refunds on 2K only lets you know that it's that times 10 on how bad it is. The demand of people wanting their refunds must be out the roof, and Sony is like, oh, we don't want nothing to do with this. Um, so, <laughs> 2K20 was trending, and then I think that a picture of Becky Lynch without her face or without skin kind of went viral. So that's... Uh, Support.playstation.com. Uh, Black, give it a try. Black Friday won't be getting you. Don't I don't care if it's free. <laughs> <laughs> that basket will be a pass. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for saving me some dollars. Right. Okay. So let me jump in then after the 10 cent commentary. Uh, first off, that game is trash. We all know that. I'm not buying it. Uh, the XFL, no. I still have, I'm not going to lie, I still have a Sacramento Surge jersey from the World League of American Football back oh. in the day because I was a big fan of that. So just from the jersey, the apparel perspective, 
I could probably see myself getting XFL memorabilia because, yes, some of the graphics are on point, and if you see them being worn by the players, you might like it even better. The Brandy Rhodes thing. I don't want this to be a she becomes Stephanie McMahon 2.0, where she just feuds with random women on the roster and reminds them of her role within the company as far as being like brand management or whatever the case may be. I hope it doesn't get to that point. Finn Balor as a heel. Thank you, Jesus. I've been waiting for it for God knows how long. Bring back that guy, Prince Agreed. Agreed. Thank you very much for that. So Agreed. I'm very looking forward to the fact that, that that heel turn was vicious and he put the the, the, the gun symbol to, to Gargano, which if you're a WWE person, you're like, wait a minute. Is that a gun? That's not PG. <laughs> uh, is he insinuating yeah. he's going to shoot Johnny Gargano with his tattoos? Like, I, I, I enjoyed it. That that bloody Sunday, or whatever Brainbuster was on the yeah. on the steel was was beautiful. That was, was a home bad. run. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that was in that twenty second, thirty second beatdown for me made me want to watch NXT. The next day, and again, this goes back to something Jamal said a long time ago, where it's going to be the WWE main roster products that come down that bring in the regular audience to say, "Oh shit, we got Finn Balor. Maybe we're gonna get some like now we got Brazongo kind of doing their thing in the in the tag team." But that right there, that is a storyline that is a WWE crossover with NXT, a main roster storyline crossover with NXT. Then when you got Ciampa against everybody and they mama within Undisputed Era, you have Dijakovic or Dijakovic with Lee potentially forming one of those awkward alliance tag teams eventually because I feel like that's the way they're going to go. They're going to become the new bar probably in NXT. So I, I'm interested to see uh, where NXT takes their storylines going into the next takeover. What I don't like, and I'll go back and I'll say this as a women's wrestling advocate, the, the 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 Marina Shafir, I was going to call them by the horsewomen. They don't deserve that title. Shafir and, and, and Duke, do not put them in a wrestling ring for the next year. <laughs> put them oh as, 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 awkward, as awkward muscle because holy crap, and even then, Shayna doesn't need it. No. The fact that Team Kick 2.0 was even remotely in the ring with them, it was embarrassing to me for me to watch that. So keep them off television for about a year. They're not ready. There's other talents in the performance center that could deserve a shot. But because they're Ronda's people, let's give them a whirl. Let's give them a shot. They're not worth that. And I don't like bashing talent, but man, that was disgusting to watch. And the, la and the last thing that I'm going to say, Ring of Honor, besides the go F yourself, first and foremost, <laughs> uh, apparently they re-signed Maria Manic. What yeah, the hell? You didn't use her at all. You <laughs> find out she got a WWE tryout. Oh, okay, let's sign her now. What That's are you going to do with her? What are you going to do with Martina? Uh, well, she's they want to leave like her their startling women's division. You know, it's a women's revolution over there in Ring of Honor. Uh, I'm sorry, Mandy Leone and the Alluring cut no revolution as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I can I say something really quick? Then I'm done. Then yeah, you can ahead. wrap it up. Like seriously, I just want you guys to know that if ROH really want to be a contender, all they need to do is make sure those Jay Lethal commercials hit every network. 
the way the abundance of knee braces that are out there in the wrestling community, <laughs> and if ROH could just brand them, that would be over. Hell, Tegan just, Knox would have double double branding was, on her. Yeah. Just like, it, was, it was like four in that match alone. So like, <laughs> if Jay Lethal, a wrestler, credible wrestler, incredible wrestler at that, that's I that I, that was good wordplay there. Um, like somebody really really incredible, incredible. Yeah, okay. I, I, I got bar. All right, okay. my point is, if you add Jay Lethal name slash always to that, that sells. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, always. You want to pay some bills? Get those commercials updated because I'm tired of seeing Jay Lethal with cornrows. Oh, get them yeah. on regular television time and sell them babies. Everybody got <laughs> a knee brace right now. That's it. That's my pitch. That's all I got for you. <laughs> I will finish it up with this since it did not get mentioned when we were just running down NXT there and all the great stuff was on that show because NXT was a home run this week. Mm-hmm. You have got to go out of your way if you did not watch the Cameron Grimes versus Matt Riddle match yeah. that was yeah. in the first hour of NXT. They tore the house down. Cameron Grimes, the former Trevor Lee, I think finally had his breakout performance in WWE that match was amazing. The crowd was hot. It was hard hitting. It was everything I could have hoped for between those two. That match, go out of your way for it if you did not see it yet. Because, of course, now it's up on the network. So get to it and check out last night's and last night's NXT was strong. And all that stuff with Finn Balor at the end, I think, was I think that breathed the life into that show that it's needed since it moved to USA. I think there's a lot of potential there for whatever they're doing with Finn Balor, the undisputed era, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, that whole finish of the show was great. And that, that I think that they, that sets them up for a really strong winter coming up with a lot of new faces, a lot of new star power behind it. So I'll, I'll leave that as my parting thought on what you should check out on NXT this week. Cause God, like you said there is a lot of good wrestling going on right now, just an abundance of it. So we're going to help you find out what stuff's going on folks and uh, what to check out, but we did it. We all made it. We all tagged in. We made it through another show this week here on the big gold belt podcast. So everybody two chains, the giant crab, Jamal, Damian down in Texas, all of us making it through another Thursday. We will be back next week to uh, see where we're at after another week of the Wednesday Night Wars. And uh, it'll, oh, actually, it'll be uh, Halloween next week. So I don't know what's uh, going to be up with that. We might have to, uh, <laughs> we might, we might have to reschedule because that's that's yeah. that uh, show in uh, you know, the desert and stuff. And I'm probably going to be out next Thursday night with a uh, little hobo. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll, we'll figure out next week and figure out what night we're uh, going down on. But. Another week is in the books on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, folks. Have a good one. Watch some good wrestling and uh, be be nice to each other. Don't be so crazy online about this stuff. It's just (laughs) wrestling. So (laughs) take a breather, folks. We will see you next week. Peace out.